Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Monday, August 29th, and we are going to have a high of 26 degrees here in the Edmonton area. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Are you waiting for the response? Okay. Well, if that doesn't work, <laughs> then... Um... Kathleen says, excellent. Ah, she's she's joining in in the live chat there. Uh, we broadcast live every morning at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday Mountain Time. Um, join us live every morning on the Podbean app and call in with your questions like today. Definitely call in with your questions today. We want to, we, uh, we're, we're looking for something to talk about today. All right. We, um, I mean, we, we got a bunch of different topics we can talk about on our own with the different things that we have going on in our business, but, um, this shows for you guys, right? So we want you guys to call in with any questions you have about real estate investing. We will answer them for free every morning. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, upcoming events in uh, in the Alberta area. Yeah, Wednesday uh, down in Calgary. Have a flip meetup. Um, <laughs> words hard. <laughs> we try and pretend when we're having a bad morning. <laughs> we try our best. Uh, when we, when we when we don't get sleep, we try our best just to move on and be as a normal selves because that's not fair for us to to pass that on to you guys. But we're tired. <laughs> um, let's try that again. This Wednesday, down in Calgary, there's a flip meetup at our Lake Bonavista flip, uh, or I should say investor meetup. It's not just about flips. If you are an investor and you want to network, come out. And that is... Uh, Wednesday night, so that's the 31st from 5.30 to 7.30? Yep, you betcha. Okay. <laughs> I'll be in Calgary for that one. Yep, Wayne will be down there for that one, as well Looking as Matt. Looking forward to meeting everybody and yep. seeing Matt will be there, too. And um, you can sign up on Eventbrite. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do a lot of these, uh, these, these quote-unquote, fix and flip meetups. They're not necessarily just for, you know, people who are interested in fix and flips. That just happens to be, you know, where we hold them. Yeah. Um, we found that Think a lot of it of as a boardroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, we found that a lot of people love watching the transformation of flips, right? Yeah. Um, they love seeing, you know, the beginning stages, the demolition, the prep, and then the final product. So that's why we, uh, we love holding our meetups at those fix and flip events because people get to see that. And they also, but the whole reason, the, the, the most important part is networking. Yes. Right. It's free networking. You get to network with anywhere from 50 to 80 other real estate investors in your area mm -hmm. and go out, shake some hands, um, say hello, talk about what it is that you're working on, ask people what they're working on. You never know when you might, you know, stumble upon your, your, you know, your next partner or the next person who might have an answer for the question that you're, you know, struggling with. Mm -hmm. um, your net worth, your network, God dang it. <laughs> your network is your net worth. Indeed. Or your network is 
your net worth is built off of your network. <laughs> you can see how many ways you can say it. Yeah. Anyways, the point's been made. Yeah, definitely, definitely join it. And, and I'll be there as well. So if you got any questions for me, if you, you know, you'd like to meet myself or you'd like to meet Jared Colmore or Matt Bordian or, or Christopher Royce, I mean, everybody's going to be there and you can ask them lots of questions about uh, their businesses as well. Absolutely. All members of the uh, Real Estate Investing Masters mentorship program as well. So if you got any questions about that, um, there's lots of master's mentees there as well. Um, you can ask them about the mentorship program and how it's working for them and whether it's worth it for you to join as well. Something to consider. Uh, other upcoming events. Um, we've announced another fix and flip meetup in Edmonton. Um, I just got to pull up the details. I want to say September 18th. Don't guess. <laughs> Don't guess. That's what's in my head. I'm just going to see if I can uh, if I can find the information here. Or I if Taylor beats us, she's always fast. She put it in the comments. Mm-hmm. September 18th, you were correct. Oh, yeah. September 18th, 5 p.m. Sorry, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. That's a Sunday. Yes, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Uh, that's in Millwood, so Southside Edmonton. We're holding another meetup hosted by Real Estate Investing Masters. Um Taylor and Matt are going to be hosting that one. Nice. They're going to be leading mm-hmm. um, on that fix and flip. They'll tell you all about the project, um, you know, what it was bought for, what the renovations are expected, what, you know, what, what types of things we're doing to the property, and uh, ultimately what we're expecting to, uh, to sell it for. So if you're interested in learning about the fix and flip process or just generally, you know, getting out and meeting other real estate investors, you know, head out to that one as well on September 18th. And then shortly after that, the next weekend, September 24th is the Agreement for Sale Focus Workshop in Edmonton. Nice. So if you're interested in learning how to buy properties for little to no money down with no mortgages, you definitely need to be at that workshop. That is the big workshop that that changed our business, mm-hmm. that catapulted our portfolio, our business, and, yeah. and, and um, helped us acquire significantly more properties, and which helped us build up our brand and our and our um, we're able to show, you know, all of our joint venture partners that we knew what the hell we were doing, mm-hmm. right? How many of you guys are struggling with getting joint venture partners because they tell, they tell you you don't have enough experience. <clears throat> so typical. Yeah. I'm sure a few people, if yeah. they were in the room right now, they put their hand up. Yeah. Um, so if you're struggling with getting experience and you don't know how to get your next property, this is definitely the workshop you want to go to to learn how to buy them for little to no money down with no financing. Mm-hmm. Seller financing, I tell you, it's it's my favorite. Agreement for sale happens to be my expertise as well. That's that's how it all started for me, right? Nice. Love teaching agreement for sale. Yeah. Love, 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 love. And there's a huge opportunity in the market coming up here. Actually, right now. Right now, yeah. You've already missed it. Like the boat is, you know, they've already... You haven't missed it, but it's... Well, they've lifted the anchor. <laughs> You're uh, going to have to take a running jump. <laughs> for reals, though. For reals. I talked about this months ago. And it's funny. We can say, oh, don't worry. You still got time. But when you say things like that, it's like you have time until you don't have time. Yeah. And I, we, no one can predict that for you. And we've seen it a lot recently, the really quick, abrupt changes in the market. So, I mean, <clears throat> something you can't predict. 
And when the so opportunity will be gone. I'm going to talk about why it's a great opportunity in just a second, but I want to hear a word from our sponsors. If you are listening to this podcast and you currently invest in Southwest Ontario or Alberta, you need to get on the DCI Properties Buyers List, like now. These guys have wicked deals for flippers and buy and hold investors. They know their numbers and they are really easy to work with. In speaking with their owner, their goal is to help investors get into properties that make them money. That's it, plain and simple. Don't wait, get on their list and start accessing these amazing deals today. Just go to www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers to access their off-market Alberta properties and www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers for their Ontario properties. It's just that easy. Love DCI. We bought our most recent fix and flip from DCI. Yes. That was on the buyer's list. It was. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got a huge round of applause for Everly, our daughter, mm -hmm. uh, up and coming entrepreneur. She sold, uh, she had a lemonade stand yesterday. She was selling uh, um, blue raspberry lemonade and, uh, and other cherry drinks and stuff. She's selling bracelets that she made with her friend. Yeah. And also selling uh, puppuccinos for any dogs that cups, uh, yeah. that uh, that came by as well. And this was all their idea too. I mean, like several weeks ago, Wayne planted a seed that, hey, we should do a lemonade stand one of these days. And then I got a text from her friend's mom yesterday saying, so they doing a lemonade stand or something? Because <laughs> <laughs> her daughter, who's also named Everly, um, was saying, we're supposed to be doing a lemonade stand today and yada, yada, yada. So we pulled it together. Was it lemonade stand day or something? Yeah, uh, yeah it was lemonade stand day, um, which nor like in order to do a proper lemonade stand for the stallery, you're supposed to do all these steps and get all of their stuff. But they still, regardless, they wanted to do it and they wanted to donate their money. So to um, the stallery. To the stallery, yeah. So they, um, yeah, they pulled it together and it, like, it was their idea to sell their bracelets and stuff that they had made. And it was, um, Everly's idea to make pup cups. Like she was adamant about it. I was mm -hmm. like, no. And she's like, yeah, it's <laughs> like, okay. So yeah, they were out there for gosh, several hours. Yeah. Like the whole afternoon. The, uh, they came up with the idea that, um, they were having trouble getting customers coming in and, um, I went out and talked with them and I said, like, hey, as you know, I own a, a, quite a few businesses. I'm out here to help. Okay, guys, um, let's try and figure out some ways to get some people, um, you know, to the uh, to the table. And they're like, yeah, well, no one's coming by and people are just walking by. They're not looking at us and they say they don't have any cash. And I'm like, yeah, that's a that's going to be a problem. Next time we're going to need to get you a little, you know, app on your phone or something like that or like Venmo, whichever. So they can, so they can tap. <laughs> But uh, she says, well, what we can do, do you, dad, do you mind if I go knock on doors? I'm like, yeah, go for it. So yeah, she went and started knocking on doors, talking to neighbors saying, Hey, I got a lemonade stand. Um, you know, they were out there, they were dancing and they were waving their arms, lemonade stand, support local, um, you know, raising money for the stallery. And then she eventually came up with the idea we were talking about. It, and this is actually her, she, she had this idea. Um, she decided to give away the puppuccinos the pup cups for free to people who are walking by with their dog. So that way they felt guilty and they would go home and go get money and come back because they got something for free. So 
Yeah, they're like free puppuccinos, free puppuccinos, because everybody's walking their dog outside, right? Yeah. But nobody's got cash. But if they give a free puppuccino, they're going to, you know, the person's going to feel real bad. Like, oh shit, this kid just gave me. And it worked. They had several people come back after with With their their whole family. family. Yeah, all the kids, the wives. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Marketing genius. Yeah. So they made $117, and uh, which got donated directly to the Stollery, which was just awesome. Like, I was blown away. I went out, uh, an ice cream truck came by uh, halfway through the day, Mm -hmm. and they were like, I could see them outside, like freaking out. So I grabbed some cash and went out and was going to take them across the street to the ice cream truck. And they're literally, their cash box is hanging open because it's so full that it won't close. (laughs) And they had like bills in their hands and they were like handy. They were like excited to go get ice cream. So like throwing this like money at me and their cash registers overflowing. And yeah, so we went and grabbed ice cream. Then I had to come back and empty it so that they could continue selling their lemonade. It was just wild. It's like this, um, little toy uh, cash register that we've had forever. And uh, yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was crazy. So I got a Ziploc baggie and emptied it out and so that they could keep going. And yeah, I mean, I don't ever remember making $117 on a lemonade stand. (laughs) Well, you know, the prices have gone up, obviously, inflation, Inflation. right? You know, inflation is is not just affecting gas prices and groceries, but also (laughs) your local lemonade stands. So, you know, think about that. (laughs) Yeah, super cool, super proud. Yeah, absolutely. You know what, like, just like you guys, I'm saying you guys, a lot of you guys. Um, our daughter is not the most is extroverted the right one. She's not the most extroverted yeah. uh, person. She's typically the person that'll just, you know, she's, she's an observer. She's an observer is a great, is a great yeah. way to explain it. Very smart speaks when, when the timing is right, but not the first person to be outgoing like that. And perhaps it was maybe the person that she was hanging, the other Everly she was hanging out with. Yeah. Who is a little more outgoing. Yeah. Outgoing. We talk a lot about, you know, I even talked about it last week about how the, it's the friends that you, that yeah. you make early on that really determine how you turn out and, you know, watching them both of them having the confidence to, to speak to strangers. Right. Yeah. Um, to go knock on our neighbor's doors. Yeah which is just, again, not yeah. our daughter. Yeah, and for some of you, like your your kids might be the extroverted ones who will talk to everybody and don't care and knock on doors and stuff, but like really, really out of character for our kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and um, they were just out there screaming in the streets, support local, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, lemonade stand, $1, like, yeah. It's, uh, it was really cool to watch and, you know, even her, you know, she, she got the comp. I think it was like once she got a couple sales, once she did one damn deal, she, um, she got the confidence to be able to, to, to continue to talk to people. And, you know, at first, you know, sometimes you're a little nervous about it and, and then, but once, once you get the hang of it, once you've done a couple deals, it, it, it gets easier. Absolutely. And if, if, if a little, seven-year-old girl can do it at a lemonade stand. I'm pretty sure you can do it too. Taylor had an amazing comment. She said, do they offer mobile 
lemonade stand, we could have them meet at our meetup on the September 18th. <laughs> oh, That's a wow. really good idea. <laughs> like, actually. Uh, you know what? That You should probably write that down. We can have some way where we can raise some money mm-hmm. for other Habitat or the Stollery. And uh, we can do lemonade or... <laughs> Or even just waters. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, um, it was really nice to watch her do that yesterday. Yeah. And yeah, we just hang out in the living room and then they were just at the little table out there. And uh, yeah, they were out there for hours. Yeah. yeah hours. Um, got a question here uh, from Jeremy. And I'm going to get back to the agreement for sale uh, topic that I wanted to talk about today. Don't worry. I, I really want to talk about that and the opportunities that are in the market right now. Um, I haven't pre-read this, so, uh, I received multiple calls over the weekend about my tenants fighting, resulting in the police and EMS being called. Apparently one of the tenants was taken to a psych ward for a night, came back in the morning and continued fighting. Should I give the tenants the option for an early end to the lease? I have not yet confirmed any damage to the property, but the neighbors were explaining about many sounds of broken dishes. Thanks. Um, uh, so is this a domestic um, dispute? Meaning, is this a husband and wife or a couple? Or is this um, uh, tenants suites. between yeah. two suites? I'm scrolling back to see it's what the domestic dispute he said. Domestic, okay. <clears throat> um. I mean, that you, the question is, uh, should I give the tenants the option for an early end to the lease? Do they want an early end to the lease? I was going to say like, as like, as crazy as these events can be, um, this stuff happens. Yeah. Right. And you know, you had mentioned that you don't know if there's any damage. You haven't confirmed any damage to the property or anything like that. So um, is this a reoccurring situation or is this like the first time it's happened? Um, I, pr- I personally probably wouldn't rush to do anything unless, like you said, unless there was confirmed damage and that sort of thing. And I would monitor the situation to see if this was going to be a reoccurring event or if this was a one-off, something happened. And Even if it is reoccurring, state the section of the RTA where they are. No, I don't mean for like an eviction. I mean to, to maybe at that point to offer them to see if they would want. Well, but why would, yeah, they, why would they want to move? Yeah, they don't have any reason they to want to leave. They don't want to move somewhere. It's nothing yeah. to do with where they live. Yeah, if it they're doesn't have anything to do with dispute. any other tenants or neighbors or anything, it's not like they're, yeah. They haven't done anything wrong in the RTA, so there's nothing, there's no grounds for eviction. And, you know, if they're going through a rough patch in their relationship, the last thing that they want to hear, in my opinion, is that, hey, you know. You can't do that here. <laughs> you know, I, this isn't this isn't the type of unit or property that we want to have those types of things going on. So if, if you guys are having trouble in your relationship and you want to get out of your lease, um, yeah, I mean, like I, I, 
I would first find out if they're doing anything. If there's any, well, it sounds like he wants them gone. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to be dealing with this. He doesn't want the neighbors calling and complaining about the noise and the smashing of the dishes. Um, if if it's a if it's a house with other suites that you own, and there's complaints about noise, then that could be grounds. Yeah. For for removal, if um, neighbors are are concerned about the noise, then the neighbors can file a complaint with the police. Um, if it's consistent noise complaints, I mean, I'd have to go and double check the RTA, but unless there's like, unless they're doing something that's, that's, that's gone for eviction. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I would offer them to get out of the lease early. Cause I just don't think that they want out of the lease. So I think maybe take a couple days and then do a quarterly inspection if you haven't done one recently. Um, and I would not say, hey, I'm coming in to do an inspection. I would say, hey, I'm coming to do some uh, general maintenance on the property. Mm-hmm. I just want to come by and do some maintenance. If they say no, then just say, well, like this is it's my responsibility and also my right to be able to maintain this property. So here's your 24-hour notice or give them more than 24 hours notice. That would be ideal. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> And go and take a peek at what's going on. And if there's some significant damage in there, then you can have that discussion about, hey, this is not acceptable. And then obviously they would defend themselves based on the situation and say, but, you know, this is, uh, I'm not comfortable in having, you know, these types of things happening in my unit and it's causing damage. Your disputes are causing damage to my unit. So I think it'd be best that we amicably, you know, terminate this lease.
Hello. Okay, we are back and they can hear us. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. The power went out. Um, uh, I don't know how far back I was that I was talking about this, but um, again, I would I I'll just repeat what I was saying. I would recommend doing an inspection, saying that you're coming in to do you know just general maintenance on the property, and then find out if there is any damages, and uh, and then assess it like that. See if there's any grounds for termination first. And then from there, you can have a discussion with them and say, hey, you know, based on from what we're hearing and, and you know, uh, the arguments that you guys are having, it's it's now damaged the property and that's unacceptable. That is not, um, uh, we unfortunately can't move forward with this. We feel that it would be best that we amicably terminate this, this lease. You guys move on and then you guys decide what you'd like to do, um, whether you guys want to continue to rent together or whether you guys want to do this separately, but that's entirely up to you. Unfortunately, we cannot move forward with this based on the damages that have been done to that property. Done. You got to, grounds for it. See if they, if they, if they agree amicably um, and then move forward. If not, then say, then, then go through the proper process of, of filing for an eviction based on the damages that have been done. Um, and if not, and you go in there and there's no damages, what you can do now is you can address it by email. If your communications by email, have it in writing that you've addressed it. That would be ideal is to say, Hey, there have been numerous noise complaints from neighbors. Um, you know, unfortunately this, or don't say unfortunately, this is unacceptable and we need to ensure that our neighbors uh, feel comfortable and they're able to, you know, enjoy the peace and, and, um, and quiet of, you know, and, and not be disturbed by you. So this is a first warning to to make sure that you know you are not um, disturbing the peace, and uh, and leave it at that. Something along those lines, and just see how they respond. And then if it continues and you get more complaints, you can do a second complaint, and then finally uh, final warning. And then what I would do is I would take that to the RTDRS in Alberta, uh, and use that as grounds for termination. If you can find something within the RTA that would uh, that would um, relate to that, also, I mean, in certain circumstances, um, a mediator at the RTDRS may use their own discretion mm -hmm. and allow for a termination. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, someone earlier, I think it might have been Francis, had mentioned, "What about um, can't you terminate uh, if there's uh, violence?" against somebody and I mean I, I personally don't like domestic dispute doesn't necessarily mean that there's violence um, mm -hmm. but also the one of the tenants would have to request or have to complain for that to happen you can't just be like there was violence in my suite I'm right. evicting you like there would need to be the the request for somebody to be to leave or you know what I mean like yeah yeah um yeah, so that's a that's a crappy situation for sure. It happens a lot more than what people think, though. Yeah. Again, we. Yeah, and we had like we've um, had a situation where uh, we had an up down suite, and there was um, lots of screaming and slamming of stuff going on in one of our basement suites, and multiple suites. Actually. Um, 
Um, ju I'm just thinking of one yeah. in particular, oh, just, one, just particular. one that was more recent, I think just maybe even a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And um, no, like, um, no evidence of like actual violence happening or anything like that. But like, um, I guess it was kind of a scary situation for the people in the upper unit. And um, like all that, you know, first step is just telling the the other people, like, call it in. If you th if there's a domestic dispute happening, like, call it in. Yeah. Um, and like, and same thing, like, you know, when there's, when you have a, a tenant or a neighbor, like, a, I guess a co-tenant, so like somebody in one of the other suites, or even a neighbor that's, you know, partying every night late into the, you know, wee hours, it's like, people always complain, oh, my neighbor, blah, 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 or oh, my, like, call it in, like, it's that's bylaw, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so first step is always like, report and record, right? <laughs> always the first steps is report and record. Um, and, and that's what we tell our tenants too. Like if something's happening, call it in. Mm -hmm. Like we can't just automatically be like, oh my God, there was lots of noise and screaming at each other. You are evicted. Yeah. No, we need, there needs to be a, a series of stuff that happens that's recorded that um, we have record of, you know, like all those things need to happen in order for you to have a case to evict somebody. Yeah. When, when you approach stuff like this, it's it's very easy early on when you've only got a couple tenants to really get like emotionally, you know, attached to it or involved in it. And, you know, it's almost like you're trying to find a solution to this and, and I can't believe this is happening. And, and you hear stories, I guess, all the time and like, you know, landlord groups, like, oh, man, my tenants are complaining and they're fighting all the time. Um, what you need to do is you need to approach this like a CEO. And if you don't have lots of properties, then pretend that you have lots of properties. At least act like you have lots of properties. Imagine you owned, a, you know, 100 properties or, a, you know, a large apartment building. You're not going to be thinking about, you know, 12B, you know, the, the, the couple that's always, you know, arguing and screaming, right? You're going to be looking at the building. You got to treat this like a CEO and not like a property manager. If you, if you keep thinking like a property manager, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to... It's going to hold you back. It's going to hold you back from being a good CEO ultimately, right? Because you're, you're getting tied up in the minor things when you should be looking at the, you know, the big, the big things, the macros about what's my next deal. Who's my next partner? You know what I mean? How can I increase the profits on this property? Let the property managers deal with the property management. Right. And one other thing to keep in mind is that, you know, if these people owned that house and they have a tendency to fight and make loud noises and have scream at each drinks. other and have a couple of drinks and break plates and that sort of thing. Um, what would the neighbors do? They'd yeah. probably call the cops when it got crazy and otherwise they'd have to deal with it. Yeah. But because you're the landlord and they have your contact information, they're calling you and saying, Hey, do you know this is going on? The cops were there. What are you going to do about this? Yeah. You know what I mean? But they want you to do because they want you it. to do something. They're like, oh, maybe they'll evict them. Maybe they have the power to get them out of here or, or whatever. But if those people own that house, it, they would have to put up with it. Mm -hmm. And so it just goes back to the point that like, unless the house is being damaged, kind of none of no one's business. And then the more properties you get, the more phone calls and emails you're going to get like this. And like I said, it's, it's quite common. It's quite like it's it's not uncommon, that's for sure. 
And the more properties you get, the more complaints you're going to get, and the more you're going to feel obligated to rectify it. When at the end of the day, if they haven't done anything wrong, they haven't broken your lease, they haven't done anything wrong as per the RTA, who gives a shit? To be honest, I know it's it sounds inconsiderate and and selfish, but that's somebody else's problem. You cannot get tied up into everyone's little lives. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't get in, you know, tied up because they, you know, they they lost their job, or you can't get, you know, involved because you know their cousin died. I mean, it's all terrible things. But the more the more successful you get, the more tenants you're going to get, the more attachments you're going to have to all their lives and all the horrible things that happen. Mm-hmm. And it, that's that's not what it's about. It's about buying properties, renting them to tenants as long as they're paying the rent and they're and they're upholding, you know, the obligations in the lease. keep it at that yeah. right it sucks that the neighbors are having to deal with this but this is not your problem it's and if not. there and if there is damage then start the eviction process right yeah treat it like a goddamn business yeah right you you have to you have to be selfish that way you have to be you really do need to detach yourself from it yes. and it's it's very hard because you're good people and we're good people too but you also need to be a good business owner. Yeah. I kind of like this topic of discussion and I'm, and I might hold off the AFS talk for tomorrow instead. <clears throat> As we're talking about it, I'm thinking about all the other times that we've had disputes and arguments and noise complaints and stuff like that. It's almost always the noise complaints are in the houses with suites in the basement. And that's just because neighbors don't typically get a hold of us. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we don't normally get noise complaints because neighbors don't have our contact information, which is great because if they did, they'd probably be calling us a lot. <laughs> Not to say that our tenants are terrible and they're always making noise, but like if they were, we'd probably get a complaint. If you, if, I mean, we, we had a, we had a, a rambunctious and inconsiderate neighbor there for a while. We've had a few in the past, you know, like the, every time these kids were being crazy or every time they're making noise over there, um, or every time like, you know, uh, they'd be smoking pot outside my window, well, again, which is fine, but it's like stinking up my house, my basement. All I'm thinking about is I wish I had, the landlord's phone number because I would call them and I get them fucking evicted. You know what I mean? It's the, <laughs> like these, they're, they're like destroying the property in there. You know, they're literally throwing shit over a fence all day and every day. I'm not trying to be like the old man. It's like, stop throwing balls in my yard. But like, no, this wasn't, a, this isn't a, a one-off thing. It was like five toys and a bunch of food every day after I, you know, keep telling the parents, tell your kids, stop doing it. Tell your kids, stop swinging around, you know, shovels in the yard and throwing them like they're uh like they're playing shot put um the whole time i'm thinking to myself man if i had the land i I gotta get the landlord's information next time i see her here i'm gonna get her phone number and i'm gonna call i'm gonna complain so she can get rid of these people so even me as a homeowner dealing with a shitty neighbor that's the first thing i was thinking about doing too so I'm glad that, you know, we, our neighbors at our properties don't have our contact information because we're getting calls all the time and I'd be trying to deal with it, which is just a huge waste of my time. 
I don't know if you noticed or if you, I've told you guys, but um, I do not keep our rental email on. Gabby keeps it on. So she can just kind of keep an eye on it. The reason I don't keep that email on is because that email distracts me from, from growing our business. I see an email come through about someone you know, complaining about a garbage can or complaining about parking out front or complaining about, you know, a door hinge that's, that's misaligned. And instantly I'm just like, I got to go run upstairs and go talk to Gabby about it. I'm like, why are they complaining about this? We just fixed this. Why are they doing this? Well, just the other day you were like, what is going on at such and such property with a fence or something? You, I don't, I can't remember how you saw the um, emails, but you're like, why? Oh, because our joint venture partner. Got oh, yeah. So, our... it came, so it came through one of our, <laughs> it came through our investments email, our business email. And joint venture partner was going on about. Um, Calling the city and the builder and all this kind of stuff. And the fences were down and something. I'm like, what the hell is going on with this? <laughs> and see what I mean? Like it distracted me because I wanted yeah, to get you had involved. To, you had to ask me what was going on. Because and... I'm a problem solver and I just can't fucking help it. Yeah. I'm like, don't worry about it. You're like, no, what's happening? <laughs> When you say don't worry about it, I'm like, okay, no, no. Now I need to know. I need to know that this is being resolved. Yeah. I need to know that everything is as it should be. Yeah. Right? Because that affects my yeah. my, my level of certainty. But like four or five years later, after these um, townhouses were built, they never got like final grade inspection or something like that. So the um, the graders and land surveyors cut out a huge, like a, I don't know, five- five or six foot panel of everybody's fence yeah. all the way through like seven or eight properties. They cut out the entire panels and were like surveying everybody's yards and stuff. Mm. And then like putting some dirt, like under decks and like stuff, but they didn't tell anybody. So our tenants going like, what is going on? Like our fence is down. Like we have pets, like what's like, no, none of the neighbor. I talked to the neighbors. Nobody knows what's going on. Like why are all of our fences are cut? And so, yeah, we had to call the city and we had to call the builder and finally, you know, got to the bottom that what, of what they were doing. Mm. But yeah, it's just like, no communication. yeah. <laughs> but. And so it's like, don't worry about it. It's taken care of, but yeah, total distraction for Wayne. He needed to know. And especially like, well, I'm, I'm able to separate myself from that. Right. Because Gabby and I were able to, to define our roles. Right. And she manages that side of the business and I manage, she has her roles and I have my roles. Right. And me mostly, um, I, 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 I just get to, I just get to think about how I'm going to grow the business. Right. I'm the one that comes up with ideas and I, and I implement them. I, I find the right people or I, I delegate it and, um, I make sure that the business continues to, to make money. Uh, and to make more money, right? That's that's what I focus on. Yeah. Um, as well, I've been taking a larger role in our fix and flip business lately, um, just because we have a lot going on. So I've been that that's been my focus uh, is is you know making sure that the fix and flip business gets automated to a point where we're able to step away from it and have the right people managing it, and then also just growing the the other parts of our business as well. And when things like that come up it distracts me. Right. And I don't like distractions. I like to be able to focus on just a couple things at a time. Right. So I can get these things done. And you, as you're growing your business, you know, with your one, two, three, four, or even five properties. Um, when you get messages like this, and then you also get life getting involved, it's very easy to get distracted. And then that, there's, there's no bandwidth left at the end of the day 
for you to be able to come up with good ideas because you have good ideas, right? Yeah. You do. That's what I was telling you guys last week to go out for a drive for a few hours and talk with your spouse. Go out for a drive because that, that, that way there's no distractions. And the first 45 minutes, you're probably going to be talking about, you know, management stuff like, oh God, we still got to send that email out to that tenant. You know, they did this. Oh my God, why they do this? Oh, I don't know. Get all that out of the way to the point where you're listed. Okay, we're done. We got a clean slate now. What do you want to talk about? You know what I mean? It does take some time to kind of work your way into it. That's why it needs to be a long drive. Mm -hmm. And then you can start thinking about, you know, things that are important to you. Think Start thinking about how you want your business to look in the future, how you want your life to look like in the future. I, to be honest, I don't, you could say, I don't want to be dealing with these types of things in the future. So the question is, how do we build a business and a life where I don't have to be dealing with these types of things in the future? Mm-hmm. Well, it would be ideal to have delegated this off to someone else, establish roles and procedures, sorry, not establish responsibilities and, and procedures to ensure that the person that we delegate this to or we hire to handle this is competent and they, they know how to handle it as we would, right? So how do we do that? Well, we need to find the right person. This person kind of looks like this and we hire them for this and they take care of all this so that I am able to focus on this and do these things that which I love, right? You just need to be able to, to, to define it, what it is that you want. And once you can define it, then you can work your way backwards and and figure out the how and the what's, right? And the who's and the where's, right? Um, I made a decision years ago that I did not want to be involved in the property management side anymore. So I worked very hard to get it to a point where I don't have to, right? But I I, I put in the work in the beginning. I got heavily involved. I followed tenants after they moved out to find out where they were going to move to. And my, and my tinted windows and my, my black Impala <laughs> driving around three cars behind so that they didn't know it was me turning off the lights. Waiting at the pawn shop while they did the pawn shop. Yeah, Waiting they, at the grocery store while they got groceries. <laughs> yeah. You know, leaning the seat back so they couldn't see me inside. Turn the lights off. I did all that shit. It was dumb. It was such a huge waste of my time. But, you know, you have to you have to put in the work in the beginning in order to build up the resources. And once you build up the resources and you're more resourceful, then you can hire people or you can bring people on to, you know, not to do that necessarily, not to, not to be a <laughs> private investigator, but to, you know, to deal with the, the property management stuff. But early on, I get it. You know, you're struggling. You don't have the money and not enough cash flow because you you bought the property with 5% down, right? I get it. You got to do what you got to do in the beginning to build up the resources. But I had clear intentions to not be doing that forever. And I had to build a roadmap in order to, to, to get me to that point where I can start doing the things that really fulfill me. And that is growing. Becoming a better person, getting smarter, learning new stuff, creating new opportunities, building my network, building my business. That's the stuff that fulfills me, doing this stuff. You know what I mean? 
getting to a point where I can do a podcast every morning and sharing my stories and helping people. Mm-hmm. That fulfills me. Every morning I get to do the first thing that I do every morning is I make a coffee and I help people. That fulfills me. It checks the box off every morning. Right? Because if I wasn't doing this, I would be unfulfilled. It feels good. Right? And then for the rest of the day, I just grow my business. I do not get involved in the the day-to-day disputes of tenants. Mm-hmm. I try not to. I, like I basically cut off the opportunity for it. So that I'm able to do, I'm able to live the life and have the day that I want to live. I also made a decision very early on that as much as I love nice things, I do not need to spend money now on things that I do not need because I realize that it does not provide me with a better life. It's the things that I do and the people that I spend time with every day that, that fulfills me. And instead... I want to allocate all of my money back into my business to continue to grow it so it has longevity. Right? That's why we're not in BC. We were very close. We were very close to going and doing all this remotely. But at the end of the day, I just... I realized that it wasn't... It, it wouldn't really change our life that significantly. And some other things changed along the way too. But... Ultimately, it's 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 what we do every day that 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 makes us feel good. It's it's the time that we spend together. It's it's working, you know, together on our business every day. Um, and, and not about the cars and the houses and the the vacations and stuff like that. But we are getting a little more vacation uh, friendly, though, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. I did. I have learned that. I feel like it's almost just a forced break for us. If that, if we didn't do it, that we wouldn't ever slow down <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's getting strategic now because um yeah sometimes uh once once you fire up the jet fuel it's it's hard to it's hard to um slow it down well there's always things to do right oh there's always things to do yeah always things to do it's funny if we if we didn't have any projects and all of our vacancies were filled and we had no fix and flip projects and our other businesses were all just completely on hold. We, we would, we, we have lists from 10 years ago of things that we said we should do that we would probably go and do. <laughs> Remember when we said we were going to get all the serial numbers of all the appliances, in our properties. So that way we never had, like if a tenant ever had an issue that we'd be able to look it up very quickly and we wouldn't have to ask them yeah. to send us a picture of the manufacturer and the serial code. Remember how long that sat in our, on our to-do list. I'm sure I can find that app that we had and I could find that to do that's just been sitting there since <laughs> 2012. <laughs> There's always things you can do, right? I'm, you know what? I'm sure that if we had the time, I would probably go call up all my rent own clients and just have a sit down and a coffee with them. You know what I mean? And just talk about, Hey, you know, rather than just send, like sending them the automated emails, you know, Hey, let's talk about, you know, you qualifying for that mortgage in a couple of years here. How's it going? How's your life? You know, that's yeah. something. It would be very productive for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust me, I, I could find things to do within our business for management. Yeah. There's always things you can do within your business to make your business better. Mm-hmm. I like to focus on the things that help it grow. But 
I'm off on a tangent now. How are the comments looking? I'm way behind. Just uh, teasing Wilson. <clears throat> he said that he should add the um, following tenants for you to his a la carte services. And then everybody's teasing him for being so tall that he wouldn't be able to hide anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of important stuff. <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> Worst PI ever. <laughs> oh, man. Is that all that's going on in the comments? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Does anybody else have a tenant story that they'd like to share? Don had a comment earlier. Our neighbor kids threw dirty diapers over the fence to our dogs. They owned the place. They stopped when I asked the mom to tell the kids not to. Kids put cigarette butts through the fence in our garden. I put them back through the fence. I think they got berated by the dad. They dumped an ashtray on our front lawn by the sidewalk. Neighbors are fun. Yeah, you, you can't pick your neighbors, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. She then also said that they were excited when the when they um, put the house up for sale, but then they sold it to their brother. And she basically said, it, like, different people or different bodies, same people. Oh, man. <laughs> so they moved. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Hilariously I, sad. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's, it, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of struggling here. It's like, I, I think that years ago, I probably could have talked about tenant disputes and, and dealing with tenants. Um, I could have had stories and pawn stories and just talked about it for hours, but I've been so out of the game for so long now. It's, it's actually quite hard for me to do. I know all the rules and that's, that's, that's the other side of it is, is it's, we don't worry about it anymore because we know what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a tenant could send you an email and ultimately that's probably why I never hear about it too. You know, Gabby could very well be dealing with like a huge tenant dispute right now. And I probably wouldn't, she would never, I wouldn't even be able to tell. Like some landlords would just be like completely uneasy. You know what I mean? You can tell that they're off because they're dealing with something with Gabby. Like I, to be honest, I could probably, she could probably be going through like a really terrible tenant dispute right now. And I wouldn't be able to tell. Because she's just, she's a natural now. No, she's not a natural. You're not a natural. You're not a natural. Because you learned it. Yeah. It was, just it wasn't, experience. you didn't inherit it. You, you got it through experience. That comes eventually. And that also comes with um, a willingness, willingness to learn. Um, when something happens, you got to go and you got to research it. You got to go and you got to, you know, memorize the RTA residential tenancy act for your area. Right. You got to put procedures and, and things in place um, to ensure that, you know, if this ever happens again, this is how I handle it. Right. Yeah. It's all about being well procedures and putting good procedures in place and, and having the right people is, is, is all about being a good CEO. That's, that's a good CEOs do, right? You want to try and automate your business. The CEO does not get involved in the, um, you know, the invoices or the bills payable. You know what I mean? 
They don't. If if a client hasn't paid in three months, the CEO does not be bothered by it. The accounting department gets bothered by it, right? The CEO makes sure that they hire the right person to head that department to ensure that things are being taken care of. But the CEO does not get involved in design flaws, right? Unless it becomes a macro issue. Unless it gets elevated to a point where it's, it's affecting the whole business. And then the CEO makes a large macro decision to ensure that micro decisions are passed down by the head of the department, right? The CEO is, is responsible for making sure that the mission statement and the business's core values are being upheld, right? It's all business people. Josh in the comments says, uh, you guys really make me want to get as many tenants as I can. I, do you want me to be like everybody else and tell you that it's all roses and unicorns and rainbows? No, it's, <laughs> I hope that you guys appreciate <laughs> that I'm, that I'm honest with you about the flaws of real estate investing. But at the end of the day, if it's, if, if, if there's a why, if there's a vision, if there is purpose and meaning behind it of why you're doing it, it makes it easier because it's not about the properties. It's not about the tenants. It's not about the $300 a month in cash flow. It's about what it provides for you. That's what's important. And if you want it bad enough, you'll do it. If you don't want it bad enough, you'll sit around for six weeks and not do anything and just be like, oh, yeah, you know, I just had some things going on. Right? Yeah. How many people can relate with that? It just feels like you've just been sitting around for weeks and not doing anything. And you just can't find the motivation. Do you understand why we're putting so much pressure and emphasis on determining what it is that you want? Right? Because sitting around and doing nothing for weeks is is comfortable. Yeah. Right? You still got money coming in. You still go to work every day. Your boss hasn't caught on that you're just scrolling all day yet. Right? It's bearable. You haven't had any surprise bills come in where the vehicle, you know, transmission went and you got to come up with a couple thousand dollars to replace it. You haven't had that in a while, right? You haven't been punched in the mouth in a while to a point where you need to go and do something extra. You haven't been laid off. Because I'm sure if you got laid off, you'd find the energy to figure out how to make some money very quickly, right? But no, you're comfortable. And that's why you're, that's why figuring out what it is that you want and, and having a why is so important because uh, you need something that is more powerful to you and more meaningful to you than, than what it is that you're currently doing. Otherwise, you'll just continue to stay in the same pattern for the rest of your life. You're going to, you're going to blink and you're going to be, it's going to be 20 years later and you're going to be like, shit, whatever happened to real estate? Whatever happened to building a business? September is in three days. Three quarters of the year is by. Bye. <laughs> 
2022 is almost over. We are nearing 2023 and I can't fucking wait for someone to say, yeah, you know what? It's just, we got a lot going on with the holidays. I'm just going to wait till 2023. I'm just gonna wait till January. Oh yeah. That's creeping up here. Like once, I don't know. What do you think? Like, Halloween. Yeah. Once Halloween is over, all of a sudden everybody's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have no idea. The year is just about over. And me being a weirdo, I'm watching a lot of you guys. And I know that a lot of you guys did not accomplish very much this year compared to what you told me that you want to achieve. Right? Yeah. Are you doing math? Year is 65%. Over three quarters. No, sorry. (laughs) Over two thirds. That's what I meant to say. No, still not even. (laughs) Just let's leave it at 65%. (laughs) I'm looking at it upside down, sorry. Um, oh, man, a couple things about tenants here. About neighbors. Some people talking about terrible neighbors poisoning their dogs. Um, I do like a comment that uh, Wilson had here. Um, you know, when when Josh said, you guys make me want to collect all the tenants or whatever. Wilson said, the goal isn't to have tenants. The goal is to achieve one's goals through real estate. Mm. Yeah. And that's the truth. It's just like, you know, you go to a job and you deal with shit. No matter what job you're in, you either, you know, if you're in customer service, you deal with shitty customers. If you're in management, you deal with shitty employees. If you're, um, you know, high level, you deal with really stressful situations in the company, you know, like any job that you have, you deal with shit. And in real estate, there's going to be shitty tenants. There will be. Mm-hmm. And it's just the thing that you deal with. But guess what? You have an asset that's being paid by somebody else, paid down by somebody else, and you're making cash flow and you're, you know, mm-hmm. it's for you. So um, it's just the shitty part of the job. Yeah. And it gets so much easier after you've dealt with it a few times. (laughs) Absolutely. Like to me now at this point, it's just like an annoyance. It's like the email comes through and it's like, oh, I really should sit down and respond to that. But I'll put it off for a few hours. (laughs) It's not a terrible idea. And that's like, and and that's the extent of it. And then it's like, maybe get an email, but like uh, somebody's um, truck was, one of our tenants truck was stolen from outside of their house uh, a few days ago. What? And just why I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Just and why I don't want to hear about it. Requesting an immediate call. And I need it. This is an emergency call. Yeah. As per the communications agreements, <laughs> I demand to speak to the owner. This is an emergency. Um, but then had also mentioned in the same email, um, you know, like, are there cameras on property? So like, I knew the gist of what they wanted to know. So I, it was a simple email. So, so sorry to hear that that happened. Um, I hope you've filed a police report. Unfortunately, there's no cameras on site, but you may want to go and uh, knock on some neighbor's doors and see if they might have seen or have anything on camera. And that was it. Never heard back. They figured it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The same thing. It's just like annoying. It's like, oh, what did did this person want? Mm, Chuck was stolen. Mm. Um, Joey had a, a good question, but it's, it's getting, you know, the sun's going down and, uh, or the sun's coming up, I guess. In this. And it's, it's our kid's first day of school. So 
I got to, we got to be on time here. <laughs> I think what she just said is too bad, Joey. Fuck you, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> I, I think it's very good. And I'm going to, I'm going to give it a very simple answer. And, um, and then perhaps you can talk about a little bit more tomorrow on top of the agreement for sale discussion that I promised. Um, Joey asks, can you speak briefly about creating core values within your business? And I think that the core values should align for your business, should align with your core values because your business is a reflection of you, right? At the very least, a refraction. And if, if it doesn't necessarily align and from with your core values and you just want to start from scratch, I would say just make sure that um, the business that you are trying to create if you were to be involved in it and you were to be the only one that is, is running it and no other employees, what would you want the core values to be, right? Because ultimately what's going to happen is you are going to pass this off to someone else. You want to ensure that it is going to be run in the same respect. So for me, you know, my three, three of my top core values is accountability, reliability, and honor. Right. Be there when you say you're going to be there. Do what you say you're going to do. And do the right thing. Right. I'm interested to see what, you know, what, what your core values are. And make sure as well that the, the people that you hire, um, the people that you put in positions um, to run the company, that their core values align with that as well, because if their core values do not align with the business's core values, there's going to be a contradiction or a conflict there. So something to think about today as well. It's interesting. I, I haven't had that topic come up in a very long time. Certainly not within discussions of, of real estate investors. And it's not something I thought about in a while. Something we can talk about tomorrow. Hope you guys have an awesome day. See you on Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.